Hello, this is Charmaine Willoughby. I'm an associate professor at De La Salle University in the Philippines. And joining me today is Elena. Hi, Charmaine. So nice to uh, chat with you. My name is Elena Noor. I am the director of political and security affairs um, at the Asia Society Policy Institute in Washington, D.C. Great. Thanks so much for joining me today, Elena. Um, we are going to talk about um, this new arrangement, AUKUS, and I'd like to hear your thoughts about this and the implications for Southeast Asia. Yeah, well, it's generated a lot of conversation within Southeast Asia and beyond, as you know. I think within Southeast Asia, though, the, it came as a shock, the announcement did, as it did to the rest of the world. Um, we know France in particular was taken by surprise. It was taken especially by the range of reception in Southeast Asia towards this announcement. So on the one end of the spectrum, you have countries like Indonesia and Malaysia really expressing pretty strong reservations about AUKUS. And then you have Singapore, which is sort of somewhere in the middle, being a little circumspect about it. I know some commentators have said that Singapore has been welcoming of it, but I read it a little differently from their statement. And, um, and then you have the Philippines, which has openly come out to welcome the, the pact. And so I wonder what sort of impact that may have on ASEAN countries when they get together at the end of this month for the EAS and how these internal differences can be resolved when you have such a divergence of opinions about a pact, uh, a security and defense pact that essentially only covers three countries um, and gives the optics really of um, times gone by of, of past colonial legacies, unfortunately. Uh, I'm interested in, in your take on this, Shamin. Um, I, I do agree with you that there's a lot of diverging ideas and um, differentiations in the way that Southeast Asia is receiving the idea of the alliance. But my take on this is, as you said, this is not the first time that, that alliances have been formed. And um, this new arrangement really highlights lessons in alliance formation. And um, from what I can observe, there are several lessons that we can glean, that we can learn from, from, from this um, um, event. One is the importance of domestic factors. Uh, the reasons why these three countries decided to form this pact now, um, as opposed to any other time in, in history. And that dovetails to the second lesson that we can learn from, from this experience is that alliances, when they start, when they form, they need to set clear strategies on how to achieve their objectives and their end goals. And then the third lesson that I thought we could learn from all of this is how AUKUS can address um, or should address issues on inclusion and exclusion. And this is where the implications to Southeast Asia that you just mentioned could, um, could come in. And not only that, other countries that have also been excluded, um, you know, uh, the, the alliance needs to address these kinds of issues. But um, I think, and this is the academic in me um, thinking, 
that this is that, that this alliance uh, is not just of practical significance and one lesson for us is that we should also think about the normative significance and implications of, of this and this brings me to a statement to, to the statement of president Xi at the UNGA um, summit recently when he said that um, he rejects the practice of forming small circles so um, what are I'm going to throw the next question back at you before we close. Like, what are your thoughts about all of these small arrangements that are going on and so many meetings that are happening? Um, is it possible for us to find some, some clarity in a lot of these meetings and groupings that are overlapping maybe with each other? Yeah, I think the point that you brought up about these alliances or arrangements having clear, defined goals and motivation is an important one because uh, there is a benefit in having these minilaterals or plurilaterals, right? And we've seen that in our own region in Southeast Asia, particularly with the maritime trilateral security initiatives. And those have a very clear-cut operational drive behind them. But if you have something that's wide ranging, that doesn't mention, you know, China was not mentioned in AUKUS. Um, and so I think we might run into these open ended, never ending missions um, with arrangements that don't have those clearly defined parameters. Uh, maybe some closing thoughts uh, on your part, Charmaine. Well, the Quad Summit is going to happen today. So, you know, we have a lot of things to, to look forward to. The EAS is also going to happen next week. So let's see how, how things um, turn out. Thank you so much, Alina, for joining me today. Lovely and to have chatted with you, Charmaine. Thank you and see you again and talk to you again soon. Yes, we will do. Take care. Bye.